and welcome to the 20th episode of Mother Daughter Book Talk! I'm Alexis, and unfortunately, my mom Christine is not feeling well today. But the show must go on, so we are joined by two very special guests, both Taylor, the renegade anarchist, and Alora, two of our favorite guests from past episodes. Woo! <laughs> hi guys! And today we'll be hey. discussing Supernova by Marissa Meyer. And I think all, everyone here is a big Marissa Meyer fan, so it's just a great group to have. She's That's truly amazing. amazing. She's our yeah. queen. Okay. And, if she ever yeah. anything, a kidney, whatever, mm-hmm. we're, we're there for her. Even her grocery <laughs> list is great to read. She can make anything incredible, so. Y'all want to get into the non-spoiler summary? Yes. So, it's only a matter of time before Nova is discovered, and now that Ace Anarchy has been captured by the Senatal, all of Nova's plans have been for nothing. With the release of Agent N looming ever closer, the fear of it being misused is becoming a reality. Despite all of this, Nova can't seem to hate the Renegades, and must choose between the revenge for her family that she lost and saving the family she wishes she could be a part of. Okay, now we are going to start discussing the book, so if you haven't read it yet, press pause, read the book, and come back when you're done. This is your official spoiler warning. Okay, so Supernova, the big finale of the Renegade Trilogy, woo! Okay, I'm, I'm sorry that my mom couldn't be here. She wishes she could. She just finished the book last night. She was like, okay, I'm gonna finish the book. And she finished it last night to be ready to record with us today. And unfortunately, she wasn't feeling well. She's got a bad cold. And I feel so sad that she's not here with us. No, I'll hail Alexic's mother. Yes. <laughs> we love Christine. She is amazing. We love the psycho psychic. <laughs> yeah. She guesses everything. Including Wait, so is your mom with your power is she anarchist or renegade? Um, ooh, good question. I think she'd be I think she'd be a renegade. She's got that yeah. she's got hero material. I don't think she could I don't think she would trust Ace. Because she knows the <laughs> ending. She would call his bullshit the moment it happens. Exactly. She she wouldn't she know what's gonna happen. She don't trust Ace. She'd be like, this is a train wreck, and then she'd <laughs> but like she also I don't think she'd like Hugh that much and like my opinion yeah. of Hugh Everhart depending on what part of Supernova I'm at it drastically changes because mm. like you can tell by how much I hate Hugh Everhart or how much I love him what part of the book I'm at yeah so does anyone have like any beginning thoughts before we get like into the meat of the episode um. When I remember the countdown is coming out, I... You want to try saying that again, Taylor? It cut out. Poor Wi-Fi. Not working today. Remember it, like, not sleeping at all? Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. The night before the release, because everyone would post on their story, like, every hour on the hour, like, just a few more hours until it comes out. Like, we were losing our minds. Yeah, you're the only one of this group who was reading the series before it was all out. 
which is really interesting. Oh. So when did you start yeah. reading the books? Would you start reading the very first one and had to wait for Arch Enemies and had to wait for Supernova? Or did you read it? Like, what point did you start getting into the series? Oh, that was like, I remember 2019, like the very beginning of that year, I read Renegades and, or Renegades and Arch Enemies. Mm-hmm. And then I made my whole like obsession fan account in like June. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I just, like, lost my mind over this series. Yeah. Which I find really interesting because everyone else in this episode read after all three books were out and after they'd been out for a while, there's yeah. a lot of stuff already out about them. So I just, I think that's really cool. And yeah. did you read, did you read the Lunar Chronicles or Renegades first? Before, I read like, yeah. Renegades first. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, that's strange, because also, everyone else has also already read Lunar Chronicles first. Yeah. I actually yeah. never planned to read the Renegades trilogy. I thought I was just going to read Lunar Chronicles and be done with Marissa Meyer books and just be obsessed with Lunar Chronicles. But then it was uh, quarantine, and I was super bored, and I wanted something to read, so I picked up Renegades and immediately became obsessed and then after I finished yeah. the books, I had a renegade-shaped home and renegade-shaped heart, found your account, liked every <laughs> single post you'd ever made, and then we became book buddies, and I forced Laura to read them too, and she just finished the series. <laughs> and so... Well, it, yeah. It's Marissa Meyer's fault for putting crack in her books. Like, I she know! Yeah, There's some sort of addicting quality to her books, because you can't just read it once. You gotta read it over and over again. Yeah. Oh, and believe me, I have quite a few chapters bookmarked to go back and reread whenever I need a serotonin boost. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing without a lot of your posts saved, just so I can have a serotonin boost as well, Taylor. <laughs> That's, I'm, that made my day. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, okay, so into the book. And real quick, I want to also say, as y'all know, from what my brother said last time, I didn't realize that the order was Renegades, Arch Enemies, Supernova when I was first reading. And so I read it, Renegades, and I tried reading Supernova before I realized, oh no, this is the wrong book. And of course, Supernova starts with like the most like the most spoilery quote for the last book ever which was like i never thought i'd be returning to renegades hq after i just saw this entire team be drained of their powers and neutralized and i saw max everhart get stabbed and i'm like what happened (laughs) and then i pause the audiobook i frantically go to goodreads and i'm like what is the order of the books oh no oh no what have i done (laughs) So don't make the same mistake as me, people. It's Renegades, Arch Enemies, Supernova. But if you're already here, then that means you've probably already read the book given our spoiler warning, so you can't make the same mistake as I did. So I'm sure it has to have happened to someone else. It has to have happened. Please let it have happened to someone else, because I don't want to be the only one who's made that mistake. (laughs) I would have... I, I probably would have cried even more if I hadn't realized sooner, but, ugh. So, okay, into the book itself, 
we start at the beginning with Nova going back to Renegade HQ, which is really anxiety-inducing because, oh my god, everything points to her. Because, I mean, I don't know, like, how she could have, like, the strength to go back there. Because if I, it was me, I would have done what Honey suggested and be like, let's get out of here and just, like, go on a cruise ship and sail away into the sunset and... Because I couldn't yeah, do that. Go to, go to a different area or something. Because they mentioned that there's renegades in, like, almost every country, right? Yeah, but, like, yeah. go live on a cruise ship. Like, I'm down for that. <laughs> Amen. Like, Amen. Just My give me books won. and I'll be fine. Because, she like, becomes a pirate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nova Arg, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, Taylor. <laughs> amazing that was beautiful i deserve to be publicly executed for that no joke. no no I'm you deserve a public like ceremony of excellence because that was beautiful that was amazing okay oh, delivery great mm-hmm. the joke great yes <laughs> i'll pat myself on the back and like adrian this whole book is, like, just, like, about to find out Nova's identity. And it is so, like, when I read, like, I still, like, get massive anxiety whenever I read this book. Because I know what's gonna happen. And even though I know what's gonna happen, I'm just like, oh my gosh, she's gonna be found out. Like, that scene when they're in the basement and Dan's butterflies all, like, land on Nova. I would have just broken down crying right there. But I'm sorry! I... I don't even know how Nova kept her cool. Like I would have freaking ran. You freaking you're ran. You're gone. You're 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 gone. New superpower, super speed. I'm out of here. Yes. <laughs> because times of trauma, here's some major trauma. Get out of here now. <laughs> it's just there too. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like Okay, but all during that, you have the little serotonin boosts of Oscar trying to confess to, confess to Ruby his feelings of undying love. And it's just like... Oh my gosh, so cute. I want to cry from how cute this is, but also like... Ah! I'm freaking out! I know. But like, okay, like how does Ruby not realize? Because like... Someone calls your mom to find out what your favorite cookies are and makes her special cookie recipe. Like, what is that other than a confession of undying love? Exactly. Especially, especially for someone who loves food as much as Ruby does. Yeah, so much so that he asked for it during an execution. Like, come on. Exactly. <laughs> uh, they're just, they're perfect for each other. They are. And then... Yeah. We see Adrian going to visit Max in the hospital, which is depressing as always. Oh, <laughs> poor Max. Oh, it makes me want to cry. But then, like, okay, we get the infamous ear trumpet scene, which is rather yeah. early in the books. I forgot how early in the books that was because everyone is obsessed with that quote. I don't know why it became such a meme in renegade culture. <laughs> For the ear trumpet being nothing sexy. And everyone's like, why would an ear trumpet make Adrian feel sexy? It just became a huge thing. Why was he even worrying about that? I don't know. He's on the side of a freaking building about to fall off to his death. But, oh, this ear trumpet is nothing sexy. 
<laughs> like, what is that? But yeah, it became a meme immediately. And we find out Hugh Everhart is still planning on taking the Sentinel in, but he wants to have a chance to thank him. Which is, right. it's, it's depressing to be, like, to hear your dad being like, yeah, we're gonna have to arrest this guy, but I want to say thank you to him at least. When knowing that's you. Like, yeah. Oof. Because, like, that whole peace offering, I also, like, I kind of knew the peace offering thing was not gonna go over well, because it's like, hey, I just caught, like, your biggest enemy who's presumed dead, like, lol, sucks to be you. Like, that kind of needed a little bit of, like, thinking through. You know? Right. Because how else were the council supposed to take it? You know? It was kind of a gig to them. It was. In a way. Whether it was intentional or not. Yeah. Like, I would have been pissed about if someone did that to me. Yeah. It was almost like a petty thing, you know? Like, you guys are mad at me, so I'm going to go show everyone else how much better I am than you. No, it's Sorry? Want to say that again? Taylor? Yep. Sorry, you want to say that again? It didn't catch because there was two people talking at once and then it just kind of cut. Sorry. I was like, it's literally like when you're doing something and then your mom's like, you're doing it wrong. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. But so after that, we get the scene when they're all like in the basement and which we talked about a little bit already and they're like we think that it's someone at Renegades HQ we think it's one of us who's secretly a spy and they like I don't know one how they didn't immediately realize it was Nova and two I don't know how Nova was able to come up with such an excuse which even that excuse is kind of bad yeah because like Nova's a really good liar, and that was even a bad lie for her. It worked, but I don't know how it worked, because the running gates are freaking clueless. No, she's getting burnt out at that she, point. She is. <laughs> I feel bad for her, because the amount of constant anxiety she has is really depressing. But also, mm-hmm. I mean, like, she's keeping Dana in a freaking jar, so she kind of deserves a little bit of that. Because, like, as much as I don't like Dana in the second book, she doesn't deserve that. Yeah. Poor Dana has been burnt alive. She's been put in, like, butterfly mode for how long? Like, <laughs> and I mean, okay, Dana wants to do the right thing, but she takes it too far. Agreed. As I've said, yeah, like, I think Like, be an anarchist. Yeah. But I think that Dana is, like, lawful good to the point where it gets annoying at some points you know what yeah she would be the like student that's like oh we actually had homework to turn in teacher and then the whole class yes that is that is dana (laughs) you forgot to assign the homework she's like or like we were supposed to have a test today didn't you remember and the entire class just <laughs> glares. Even the teachers like elementary school. Mm-hmm. And so after that, Nova has to go uh, home, and then there's the whole 
threat from the mirror on it saying, like, bring us Ace Anarchy's helmet to Queen Bee's room at Blackmire Station. Which also, how do they not remember Narcissa? Like, I didn't remember. You didn't remember Narcissa? You didn't? I saw it, as soon as it read that it was on the mirror, I was like, oh, Narcissa's finally coming back. Taylor, what about you? Did you realize? Sorry, what was that? Did you realize it was Narcissa, or did you, were you confused on who it would be? I was like, okay, it has to be Narcissa because the mirror. And then I was like, okay, maybe it's also Ruby, because earlier in the series, she writes a note. And I was like, oh, okay, no, it's like, maybe she's going to, like, try and trick us and make it Ruby. Oh, my God. It has to be Narcissa. It's a mirror. Yeah, because every time there was emphasis on the mirror, like... When Adrian, when they were at Blackmire Station together, and then Adrian is about to go, like, find the helmet, she he punches, and it was the mirror. Like, there was an emphasis on mirrors every single time. Oh, and I remember, right. it, like... I'm so, I feel so dumb that I didn't pick up on that. No. <laughs> I didn't either, so... I was just like, because I knew Narcissa had to come back at some point. Like, there was no way she was going to disappear from the entire series. Yeah. And so I knew that this finale had to have something with Narcissa. Mm -hmm. And then after that, um, what else happens? They then go, oh, she goes to get the the fake helmet before, like, Blackmire Station. And she has to interact with Caleb. I'm not gonna mention what happens right now because I don't need to start crying this early in the episode but my heart broke when he was just so like depressed and suspicious because like he didn't want her to be nightmare like it was just so sad that he just he knew he knew the truth and he just like he wanted to think the best in her he was, just wants everyone to be happy to stop fighting. He didn't deserve any any of what happened. It was oh. Caleb is the most precious cinnamon roll on earth, and I adore him. Oh, me too. <laughs> Almost as much. No, I, okay, guys, who do you adore more, Winston or Caleb? <gasps> stop. <laughs> just no. That question was unprecedented and unnecessary. <laughs> it's just, it's, I don't know. For me, I think it has to be Caleb. I adore Winston, but Caleb is my favorite. Whenever I heard, like, Winston's story in the arena, mm. I was like, oh, no. I you know. poor soul. I was so mad at myself that I ever was, like, had bad feelings or bad thoughts about him, because Oh, gosh. It makes my heart, No, because also, when my mom was first reading the series, so I was on the third book when she was reading the first book, and she hated Winston. She kept saying, like, she thought he was so creepy, and she thought he was, like, a pedophile. And I was like, no, he would never do that to any child ever. Yeah. And she's like, how do you know that? I'm like, I just do. He would never do that. You're like, just wait until you get to book three. It'll make sense. I know. Speaking of that, though, speaking of my mom being on book one, me being on book three... I was not done with book three when she started book one. She gets the prologue, and she's like, oh, so Ace is the one who killed Nova's family, right? And I was like, no, oh, no, it's gonna be right, isn't it? 
Because again, my mom manages to guess and spoil everything for me. Oh, and of course I'm it was right. Bad for kind of a power move. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> As said before, she's our psycho psychic and we love her. Yes, we do. Persona. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, after Blackmire Station, uh <sighs> Narcissa comes back and confronts Nova. And what would you guys have done in Nova in Nova situation? Killed her. Killed her? <laughs> yeah. Dang, Alora. Just no hesitation. <laughs> Killed her. Yeah. Dang. Well, I if I were in Nova's position, like, even if she was about to be found out, um, she still technically wasn't yet. And so just as long as I know she, I, I knew that they couldn't keep Dana in swarm mode for like ever, but I mean, like, just weigh your options. Would you rather have Narcissa like go and like tell them, or would you rather have your secret come out in the time that is best working in your time book and your like plan? If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think also because they're anarchists, it would make sense that they would do whatever it takes. They're so close too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. This is why I say, I've said from book number one, Nova should have been like, guys, this wasn't part of the plan. Like, Ingrid was supposed to make sure that there was nothing to find, so then the renegades would get off your back. Right. Like, Ingrid betrayed all of us. Because she just took, because like when they were in like the little section of the library completely on their own, like when he was trying to like save all of the books... I was like, she should have yeah. said that instead of just yelling at them. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that would have solved so many problems. And, like, it makes sense to be like, yo, I'm just as betrayed as you are. Like, we were supposed to help you. Right. Like, Inga's yeah. supposed to tell you everything. And she didn't. And she's obviously the one who's at fault here. So, bada bing, bada boom. No more angry Narcissa Cronin. Communication is key, people. Yes, communication is key, people. I have not said that in a while. Thank you for reminding me, Laura. You're welcome. I've missed That's that. That's the moral of all of our stories. Yes. Yep. That's the moral of every book ever. Communication. <laughs> and then Narcissa throws the butterfly. And oh boy. Oh boy, everything comes crashing down. <laughs> Because, okay. Literally. Like, okay. When Adrian finds, like, I wish we could have, like, seen more of, like, Adrian's immediate reaction of his, because, like, we just, like, hear Dan, like, first, we hear him panicking about Nova, like, he's find the most direct route to go, like, help her to her house to go save her, and da, da, da. and I was like, oh, poor baby, no, and then we hear Dana say Nova is nightmare, and then we cut over to Nova's perspective, I want to see his reaction, like, does he go through denial, he has to go through some denial, like, no, what are you talking about, Dana, but, like, ugh. We were robbed. We were robbed. We were robbed. Of that scene and the scene from Arch Enemies when Adrian... We're... Okay, we're learning that we're robbed of a lot of important Adrian scenes. The scene from Arch Enemies when Adrian told his dads about Nova being asleep in their basement. And now we're robbed of the reaction of Adrian um, finding out that Nova's nightmare. Also, I would have loved to see Adrian's perspective of the uh, interrogation. I would have cried, ugly cried, even more than I already did. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. I have a note about that. 
Mm-hmm. About because I would have loved loved to see Adrian's perspective. I know. Sorry, just, I perfect that. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's just like I would have ugly cried even more than I already did, but it's right. It's so important to see. Ugh, because then Nova gets arrested, and oh my god, the scene when he takes her bracelet, like Adrian, that's my bracelet, the last thing I have for my dad. You you can't take that. And he's like, nightmare. You're under arrest, and I'm like, ah, no. I was like, I was like, dang, this is not happening right now. I knew it would happen eventually, but I was like, I did not. It was, I was so like, early in the book too. It was like chapter twelve, I think. I don't yeah, something around there. It was just so fast. I was like, this, this, they were, t- they were just dancing last book, and they were, they were in love. And then, and <laughs> <laughs> this is what Marissa Meyer does to people. No, it was so surreal too. And then she keeps playing dumb, and I'm like, I would have given up. No, it's like okay. That song from Zootopia, like the tribe thing, except, whoa, oh, 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 deny everything. <laughs> deny everything. <laughs> oh, I, Lord. <laughs> I would have been like, okay, Adrian, I am Nightmare, but here's why. And I genuinely don't know what the an- where the anarchists are. I wish I could help you. Because, like... I don't know. I just I would have been like ugly crying and apologizing and like I'm sorry, Adrian. I love you. <laughs> I okay. know. I couldn't stand them being in them hating. Well, like Adrian hating Nova. I was like, oh my god, no. This okay. Is not right. also though. What the hell, Council? Agreeing to freaking execute her without a trial. Without, without a, trial. a trial, without anything, just because Janissa freaking Clark, the psycho bitch, sorry guys, but <laughs> she it's wants true. to murder Nova without a trial, without any real evidence, because all we know is it's circumstantial evidence, which is already brought up. And like, this girl, first of all, what does it say about the renegades? First of all, they're worried about image. Nova right. just had a public, like, ceremony, like, thank you, Insomnia, for being such a wonderful asset to our team. You're the one who helped with Cosmopolis Park. You're the one who did XYZ at the library. And then to have her publicly executed? What does that say about the renegades? Because then it's just they don't know how to pick their own renegades. They're not able to figure out who's good if there's this huge villain amidst, amidst them. Like, it doesn't do anything for their image. No, like, right. they also just cover up their own mistakes. Ugh. I know. So it's just it's just wrong all on all fronts. Like if they're worried about image, it doesn't help. And if they're worried about um Janissa, like you don't execute a teenager. Let right. alone a teenager who's done a lot to freaking help you. Whether or not she's an anarchist, it's like Cause oh, she Lord. she's and done so Janessa much. Clark of all people. Like, none of the council even really likes her anyway. Mm-hmm. And so why allow her that privilege to execute them when in reality, I if, if I were part of the council and I was in their mindset, I would think that Captain Chromian should have the uh, like ability to do that since she actually tried to kill him at some point. Exactly. But then again, still don't want the execution to happen. Yeah, okay. But uh, also... 
I love how the council's all like, oh no, we're all equal, da 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 da. But then the majority of them don't want to have this execution happen, and Captain Crumbing just gets the last say. Yeah. And Literally. So, like, Tsunami doesn't want to do it. Uh, Thunderbird doesn't want to do it. Even Simon doesn't want to do it. I know. And then when Adrian goes to go talk to his dad about it, he's like, he's such an asshole to Adrian. And I'm like, you know, this girl is the girl that your son was, like, in love with. And yeah. you you really want to have her executed in front of him? You had dinner with her. Yeah. She slept in your basement. <laughs> yeah. So you, like, that's, you, oh, my God. Like, emotional damage for, like, Adrian, first of all. Because he's going through a lot of stuff right now with finding out that she was Nightmare or she is Nightmare. And so... That plus having to watch her die because no matter what, like, feelings don't just zap away instantly no matter what. You still, that's why it's really difficult. Like, that's why I really loved about the Shatter Me series, which we talked about. But after a certain father figure died, even though he was a horrible human being, uh, the two sons both had really struggled after his death because they still lost this like father figure and lost what could have been even though he was a horrible abusive human being right and so right that whole situation with nova right now yes she betrayed him and yes it hurts and his heart is broken he still has feelings for her and watching her die is gonna hurt even more than the betrayal itself because he lost whatever answers he could have had, whatever redemption she could have had, lost any chance of ever, like, having a relationship with her. Because it's just, yeah. death is so final. It does, it makes no sense. And then, okay... They then, um, they were having a talk with Max, which, okay, side note, big question. Do you think Adrian's tattoo powers would work on someone else? Yeah, okay, I'm there. He was gonna give Ruby the tattoo. They were right there. That's exactly what I wanted. Like, exactly the person mm-hmm. I wanted him to get a tattoo to. And then it doesn't happen. I know. Yeah. Because, like, it's brought up so many different times and it's never answered. <sighs> because I really think that could have been something really fun to explore. And yes. then it never gives him, like, because what I think would have been really, like, I, I love the way the Sentinel is revealed, but I think it would have been really impactful for him to actually have a choice to give up his big secret to help his little brother. Yeah. Also, I covered a... Yeah? Okay, so that's when he's, like, coming to terms with, like, okay, Nova is Nightmare, all that. And then when he's trying to get him out of the hospital room, yeah, Max has some of her power uh-huh. because he absorbed some of it in the quarantine, right? Yeah. But so he puts 
one of the nurses to sleep. And then Adrian's like, oh, that just proves more that, it, like, he has her power, which means she has nightmare because he put someone to sleep. But then later, and they're like, oh, it was a misunderstanding. Like, how did they not put that together? Like, she has to be nightmare because he has her power. Well, right. Max brought that up again when they were, uh, have, when during Turbo's death, which broke my heart again. But yeah. um, Adrian was trying to explain it away, like maybe he had some sort of contact with her when she was a ba- when he was a baby, because he's never really had any skin to skin contact. And oh yeah, and oh, of course Max didn't really believe. That. No, 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 I agree. It was a good question. I just it that point it felt almost like desperation, and Adrian desperately trying to be like, it's not true. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was, like, it was proven, like, okay. I understand why Dana is still suspicious. Because it was never proven that she wasn't Nightmare, other than the Mirror Walker. But even Adrian, when the Mirror Walker was stealing the stuff as Nightmare, Adrian was like, Nova, or not Nova, Nightmare never passes up the chance to put someone to sleep, so why did she pass up the chance to put me to sleep? Right. And yeah. so it's still like very clear that there's something off about this, but I think this is Adrian's desperation talking. Yeah. Definitely. And so before we get into all of that, we haven't even talked about Nova's interaction with the other prisoners. Because honestly, I really liked that scene when she was talking with the, the man with the yellow eyes. Mm-hmm. Because I yeah. I was bored during most of the prison scenes, if I'm being honest. I much preferred Adrian's chapters because I found that so much more interesting. And I wanted her to get out of prison because I didn't really like the prison. But when she was talking with the other guy with the yellow eyes and then Ace Anarchy comes out, like I found that so interesting to read. And it was really mm-hmm. like fun. And yeah. I wish we could have learned a little bit more about... like I wish we had more scenes like that rather than... um most like of it die yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> which like if i was in prison girl me too like that sounds awful but mm-hmm. also because she doesn't have to sleep so she's just there for an extra however long awake sitting by herself yeah and she can't sleep oh my gosh yeah i would lose my mind uh-huh but i I wish I could have learned a little bit more. Like we didn't, we never even learned his name. The man, with the, we just know him as the man with the yellow eyes. I know, you know, his best feature. Uh huh. <laughs> and then I really like how the prisoners were standing up for Ace Anarchy because a lot of them, I could see it being really bitter because he was the reason for their imprisonment. He was the reason they all are here. And yeah. instead, they're yeah. all like empathetic towards this old dying man more so than again the good guys and it is once again blurring that line between good and evil which i think yeah. marissa meyer masterfully does throughout this entire series one thing that i wish have ha- had happened with the guy with the yellow eyes that nova was like talking to or whatever mm-hmm. is i wish it would have came full circle and I wish he would have Nova would have like seen him during the arena or like Nova actually like seen him at the end at the battle or something actually, like that. We did. Like as one of the anarchists that is like running away. We like, did. I would have loved to see him again. We did. We did? Yeah, actually he was it was mentioned it was described by Adrian and oh, 
the guy with the yellow the yellowish skin yeah right yeah with the group that narcissa was leaving i'm happy (laughs) yeah it was the group that narcissa was leaving with i didn't even pick up on that no yeah well i've read this book like five times more than you so (laughs) believe me it's taken a few rereads to get that picked up yeah and then we find out that we go back to adrian's perspective Max has this huge escape, which I actually really, really liked as well, because we all hated the quarantine. We hated Max being isolated, and a lot of people are asking why he doesn't just live with another family, and why he and yes, it's for his protection, but it also feels like he was there because he needed to be for Agent N, and it felt less mm-hmm. like he was there because we care about him. He's part of our family, and more like he needed to be there. And so I really like how Adrian was so adamantly against this quarantine and he gets to actually interact with kids his age with the two twins because first of all Sterling and Jade adorable we love them in both books we see them in and they are like the perfect kids for Max because Max is a shy, quiet, reserved kid and these two are these like super extra over the top little boys who have that perfect like energy chaotic energy to balance out max and teach him how he can be a kid again because max just grown up so quickly because he's had so much like guilt and self-loathing and so these i don't have powers like Mm -hmm. in that point in the book and yeah and so it's the perfect way to teach him that he can relax and be a kid again and he can have real friends without worrying that he's gonna hurt them yeah because having friends is really difficult when you're constantly afraid of the fact that you could potentially hurt them it's like again i'm gonna bring up the shatter me series again which i know taylor you haven't read so i'm gonna be talking very vague terms but alora you know what happened between our two main characters in book two because of the fear that you could potentially hurt them Yes. No matter how much you love someone, if you're constantly afraid of the fact that you might hurt them, it makes it really hard to have a relationship with them, whether it's friendship or more. And so, unfortunately, Max has to live with this fear every single day with his friends, with his family. And so finally getting to have friends without that fear is something really important into his childhood psychological development and it's so important and i yeah. love the way it's done in this book and i wish you could have seen more of his interaction with sterling and jade honestly shame so sorry for that long tangent <laughs> but i really i love that and then i love immediately how Hugh and simon just like show their personalities once again through that phone call, Hugh is fired up and mad, and Simon's just like calmly, like we need to know where he is. And he was like, "You darn right, tell us where he is!" And nah, 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 you're in big trouble, young man. <laughs> but I don't know how Adrian was just able to be like, "Love you guys, bye," without like twelve calls back, and like them showing up to the like uh the jewelry heist and being like you're gonna tell us where he is young man you're not allowed to be superheroing until you're done with this no i would have been shaking sweating throwing 
crying like exactly <laughs> i'm terrified no but that same thing also happened like adrian getting away with the biggest freaking stuff like when yeah. when he was talking about uh how janissa was the one who stabbed max um and he and Summer are like how would you know that and he's like it's true just ask him how does he get out of that without like wait how did you know that though like how are you talking to max Right. Because, like, if my mom was there, she would be grilling me for hours, and I would end up just having to be, like, tattoos, mom. And then I'd be grounded for a year for getting a tattoo. Literally, I can only be a pathological liar for so long, and then I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I just confess it all. Exactly. And so at that jewelry heist, though, we see Nightmare. And her pointing out that they're killing Nova with no real evidence. And that she framed Nova this whole time because Nova didn't save her grandfather. And then showing Ace Anarchy's helmet. And I was genuinely so confused as to why Narcissa would do that. Because it's just like, okay... So you just did this whole thing for nothing then? Just to, like, mess with me? Be like, eh, loser. Your boyfriend's gonna break up with you, but then, like, I'm gonna show him how, like, he didn't need to break up with you, so... Drama! Yeah. <laughs> she shows up in the mirror at prison, and she's like, okay, Shh. don't... <laughs> don't play. <laughs> I was a bit confused, but... Yeah. And so it was just, like, it felt, like, so strange. But, of course, like, we find out later it was because the anarchists showed up and were like, yo, please help Nova. She's, like, gonna help you. And I don't know. It was just, like, wow. So this whole thing was for nothing. Yeah. But I do like how it did get suspicion off Nova's back. And I like how we got to see a lot of those reactions. Mm-hmm. Because I was... We yeah. all knew that Nova and Adrian were going to get found out at some point, and so it was nice to see what that was like. But also, I was just like, okay, so that's just undone in a reverse card. No, at first, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much worse, because now he has to, like, find out all over again. And it's, But then, yeah. once he finds out again, I was like, oh, okay, at least, like, he's simmered down, and he yeah, knows how to I like that. I like that. I also like how when Nova's in her cell, she's able to think about, like, reevaluate the world around her, thanks to Calum. Yeah. Because that's, like, really important character development. I really like it for her. And so then she gets released from prison. And I adore these scenes with Adrian. Flowers or weaponry, guys? Which one's better? <laughs> Which one, weaponry, guys? I'm sorry. <laughs> I say weaponry. Flowers are cool, but weaponry, like, come on. Oh, you guys, with Valentine's <laughs> Day coming up, y'all know the best guy to for you is someone who gets you weaponry. So anyone out here yeah. who wants a Valentine, give her weaponry, and she will fall for you. Throwing yeah. knives, daggers, yeah. As long as she's a book nerd. Otherwise, I don't know. Yeah, I go with flowers if they're not a book. If they're not a bookish person, then probably flowers. But I think everyone who reads books like us, like any fantasy book readers, any YA book readers, dystopian, (laughs) we're going to like that weaponry. So we can be that badass female main character. 
We just want the main character energy. I know. Or the really hot villain energy. Amen. 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 Thank you. And then, so I just, I, I wish we could have seen some more of Adrian's perspective during that as well. Because, like, his anxiety that she wouldn't forgive him, his, like, because, like, when he's going to see what Cragmore is like, I feel like that would also be very important to hear his perspective from. Because he's, like, now, like, oh, my God, Nova's innocent. Look at this place that she had to be in. And I love how he was worried that, like, people hurt her in there. Because that's what often happens. Like, prison is a horrible place. Like... Yeah. Especially towards women in some cases. Oh, no, 100%. So, my friend in uh, uh, forensics, or competitive acting, speaking, and debate, she... Her speech currently is an info topic on the prison system and how it mistreats prisoners mm-hmm. and a lot of the information is so horrifying to hear and it's cragmore is not that far off honestly cragmore sounds better than most prison systems we have here yeah, i was really right. surprised yeah at least the food isn't molded with maggots yeah, yeah. and at least they don't have to work 50 hours to pay for one box of tampons I know. And so it's just like, I really wish we could have seen Adrian's perspective seeing like this horrifying place that his presumed innocent girlfriend is in. Right. And then also I love how Nova latches onto the word boyfriend and this entire apology, she's like, wait, he said boyfriend. Like, "Hmm?" (laughs) Like, this girl just got released from prison. Her first, like, priority is the fact that Adrian called himself her boyfriend. Which also, dude, you never, you're so lucky. You never had to have the, what are we talk. Literally. You're just like, yeah, we're boyfriend. I'm the worst boyfriend ever. But, like, both of you to assume you're at boyfriend right now. I know. Look, you just arrested her. You stole her bracelet. That is like the one thing she has from her dad, which she freaking told you about. And she told you what happened to her parents in front of her eyes. So you know how important that bracelet is to her. And second of all, you arrest her. And third of all, you have that interrogation scene when you tell her that all her feelings for you are lies. And then you come back with like some weaponry. And then you assume that you're her boyfriend when you have been on one date. (laughs) <laughs> like that is some confidence the audacity i wish i had that kind of confidence because boy <laughs> and then i like i thought it was really cool to have the like peter mclean person come up because like yeah. i because i found that so like fun to read and be like who the hell is this guy but also like mm-hmm. really smart because like yeah her uncle's never been there and so it's a great way to, like, get her last part of her alibi in check. But I will say, I would have gone with Adrian. Yeah. Because, like, he's got this big car for you, and they're going to go to Renegade's HQ, and you go into this, like, dinky cab with, like, this random guy who claims to be your uncle. Like, yeah, alibi, but, like, Adrian exactly yeah i like how they kiss though yeah i was like mm-hmm. kissy kissy <laughs> kissy kissy yeah and then um nova after the kissy kissy 
she has to go back to HQ and I mean I would get really anxious going back to HQ either way but then like everyone's like pretty nice to her or still suspicious of her like I love her reunion with Ruby first of all that is super sweet and I love it they're like great friends I don't really like the way Dana like I get why she's still suspicious but I don't like the way she treats her especially the way she doesn't let Ruby talk about Max because Max is really important to Nova and either way they know that Nightmare didn't hurt Max and tried to save Max and so they would know even if Nova was still Nightmare which she is but in Dana's suspicion, it still wouldn't be bad for Nova to know that Max was happy for once. Right. But whatever. And then I love how they're like, you should come get pizza with us and Adrian will be there. And then Oscar's like, yeah, if you don't come, he'll cry. And if my my chicken parmesan pizza gets salty because of his tears, it'll be your fault. And I'm like, thank you, Oscar. Thank you. <laughs> He has the best lines of dialogue. He does. Okay, but, like, Nova and that whole Oscar being like, I call it Operation Crown Jewels. And then Nova being like, isn't that a euphemism? I'm just like, Nova's dirty mind. It's so prevalent in these books. Right there with her a little bit. What? And then, like, last book, when Adrian was talking about his uh, his painting suit and why he doesn't want Nova to be there, and she's like, what? It's not like there's nude portraits in there, is there? Uh, I forgot about that! Or, 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 when Nova was, like, about to go watch the movie with Adrian, she's like, I trust you not to try anything inappropriate. I'm just like, Nova! <laughs> The audacity, the confidence in saying these things. I'm just like, girl. I would never. I could <laughs> never. But then after that, she still says no. And then she bumps into Captain Chromium. And this is one of the moments where I can genuinely say I despise Captain Chromium. Yeah, agreed. I hated him in this moment. During this Captain- conversation when he's oh. doing damage control. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, she brings up some really good points. That one, capital punishment is wrong. Two, these prisoners are have been in here for things they did 10 years ago. When the council themselves, if they were tried for what they did 10 years ago, they would also be in prison for breaking the renegade council laws. The hypocrisy. It's just like, and a lot of these people need, again... During the age of anarchy, there was no real secure and safe way to provide for your family. So people needed to steal and rob to get food for their families. It was built out of necessity. And so keeping people in prison for 10 years for that is horrifying. They killed people too. So I'm like, oh my god. So it's just like, Nova brings up a lot and permanently neutralizing everyone. Yeah. not okay and so Nova the way she brings it up is really good and really important and Hugh's just like ugh it makes me mad you know mm-hmm. the hypocrisy is real the hypocrisy just the blatant like he doesn't care because he's just like it's 
discrimination. He's just like, well, they're villains. You don't really care about the villains. What makes someone a villain? Right. And that's what Marissa Meyer is, again, masterful at. The The difference between villain and hero is not so cut and dry. Great. Right. Exactly. And so, despite all that anger, she goes back up to the artifacts to try to fix whatever she did with the one other person who was most suspicious of her, Calum. And we know, we're all like, oh god, Dana still knows, Calum definitely still knows. And then Calum comes in, and he's so sweet! He just gives her the biggest hug ever, and he's like, I'm so sorry, I wanted to believe the best in you, and I thought you were Nightmare, but like, I'm sorry, I'm so happy you're not, because I, uh, and it's just like, Calum, I love you so much. <laughs> Yes. I love him so much. Okay, like, remember this for later, please. Ugh. It's just, like... (laughs) Because, like, I also love how, like, he's not upset that... Like, he wasn't mad at her for being Nightmare. Like, he was, like, the difference in perspective would have been awesome. Yeah. I'm just, like, of course Calum is like that because he's Calum and we love him. Yes. Ugh. He's best. He's best boy. We love him. The only what cinnamon roll that comes at Adrian. Honestly, I think he's a more perfect cinnamon roll than Adrian. Yeah. Agreed. Because, okay, Adrian has his moments of real selfishness, and he's very much like, of course he's imperfect like most characters, but, and Calum is also imperfect, but Calum always wants the best for everyone. And he has such a unique view of the world. And he always just thinks about how the world could be better. Whereas Adrian, I love him. But he, the way he goes about the Sentinel and goes about it for both, not, I, I feel like, yes, it's justice, but also glory. Right. And... The way he's very much, like, revenge-centered and, like, he's keeping this secret to cover his own butt. And even if, like, it could help Max, he still doesn't reveal it. And he he doesn't reveal it to Nova because he's worried that she won't like him anymore and thinks that keeping a secret is better. Those moments, I feel like, bring him down because Calum wouldn't do that. I Calum could see... The I, first of all, I just I think they're very different personalities, and I feel like I click with Caleb's personality more because I feel like it's such an important thing to like more people need to see the world the way Caleb does. Agreed, definitely. And so I personally think Caleb is a better character than Adrian, which yeah. unpopular opinion, but I think it had to be said. No, and Adrian has like a more like self-focused reason mm-hmm. i don't want to say selfish but it kind of like being a vigilante just to like yeah. kind of find out who nightmare is and who like who killed his mom it's more like right. self-focused yeah so definitely yeah and so i mean that's not a horrible like reason it's just and like he's not bad because of that but my issue is the way he goes about it is wrong yeah yeah. And he's willing to sacrifice 
a lot for this mission, including yeah. other people's feelings. Like, the way, mm-hmm. like, he knows his dads are going to be, like, during the library scene, his dads are worried sick about him. Ruby's worried sick about him. They all think he's dead. And he's fine yeah. with that because he gets to keep a secret sentinel. Yeah. And so, again, he's flawed, which is perfect because you don't want a perfect character. But I feel like those flaws make Calum a better character in my opinion. Again, I love both of them dearly, but Caleb, I think, just has to take my spot as favorite. Definitely. Most wholesome. Most wholesome. And so, next up, we have, um, we meet all the rejects, which was very interesting. Wasn't my favorite part of the book, because again, I feel like I really enjoyed Adrian's perspective more than Nova's throughout this entire book. And we get to see where they're holding up in Dave's pawn shop. Um, we get to see that Millie is with them. What was so funny? What was so funny? It reminds me of the... Okay, I'll send you guys the video after this. What is it called? It's like, hi, I'm someone's pawn shop. And or, and this is my pawn shop or something. I'm literally dying. I'll find it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, did I no, say something it, wrong? I until you said that. Okay. Okay, well, so they're in this pawn shop, and we see Millie again, which I never expected to see her again. Because, like, it just, like, she felt like such a, like, inconsequential character. But I yeah. really mm-hmm. liked seeing her call back. Same thing with, like, the crane and all these other characters that we didn't think we'd see again because they just seemed so, like, tiny. But I love how they're called back. And actually, another thing that I noticed was, so during the whole, like, trial, like, not trial. Yeah, the trial scene, um, the first girl to be stung by the bee is Fiona Lindala, the peregrine. We actually hear mm-hmm. her name before that. In Arch Enemies, when Nova first uh, starts working in the artifacts department, she sees that little list of all the people who've checked out um, things. And Fiona Lindala was on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't remember that. Neither did I. Again, I reread this book too many times to count. <laughs> <laughs> and so it just, it was like, I love all these callbacks and how much detail Marissa Meyer puts into these books. Agreed. And so Definitely. back to the little uh, pawn shop area, we see the anarchists have teamed up with the rejects. And I like um, Honey being like, oh, Nova, my little nightmare, you're back. And Honey being Honey, she's a queen. Except yes. for later, we don't like her. <laughs> but for most of the book series, I really like I her. I forgot she was evil. <laughs> yeah. And then... At the end. Yes. And then we uh, get a lot of planning. We we find out where the star comes from. Which, honestly, okay. What was Nova's dad's plan to get that star? Because, <laughs> so like, yeah, put the star inside Nova's mind. Like, yeah. how did he plan to get that back out? Right? What if Nova never met Adrian? What if Nova never, like, how would she have gotten that star? I have no idea. But also, how did Adrian draw the star out? Because, like, it was in her, like, 
Where did they, like, what part of the brain did they, I don't remember, but it's, like, in her brain. So how did yeah. they physically extract that without, like, what? Maybe it was because, like, Nova was in the same room as him, but then again, it still doesn't make sense. That, this whole, like, situation with the whole star supernova thing still confuses me. Um, even though I read the book, like, two weeks ago. But again, I also really like how seven-year-old Nova was able to guess where prodigies come from. Mommy, where do prodigies come from? Well, when a mommy star and daddy star love each other very much, they blow up, and then the star just goes, and then all the human beings have stars. When a mommy star and a daddy star died. (laughs) Because we live in Disney, and all the parents always die. Yep, Disney movies, yep. Yep. And then, uh, I just, I think that's very interesting. And I like how it's brought up that trauma will also, like, cause it to enact. Because I, I think that's a really interesting detail. But it makes me want to know more Prodigy's backstories. Yeah. Like, was Captain Chromium born with his power? Or did he have some sort of traumatic thing where he felt the need to have a defense mechanism? Right. Yeah. Black Light was, or not Black Light, uh, Dread Warden. Was he born be able to turn invisible or not? Or was he feeling the need to hide from... Like, I could totally see, like, the Dread Warden having, like, abusive parents. And he felt the need to, like, hide from his parents. Yeah. And that's what manifested the... Because it's, like... Again, I'm gonna bring up Shatter Me once again. I'm sorry, but, like... <laughs> it's, like, what happened with, um... My absolute favorite, my, my, oh my god, I can't decide between Kenji and Kalem, but Alora, you know how much I adore Kenji, you know what it was like when he discovered his ability, or why Adam had his ability, or why Juliet had her ability. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing. So, like, it makes you question, like, are these abilities innately born for these characters that we don't hear the backstories with or did they have some sort of traumatic past and a lot of the abilities make sense for a traumatic past like maybe Mm -hmm. tsunami was drowned yeah maybe thunderbird was in a lightning storm and got struck by lightning or something maybe her ability was originally she just had wings and she could fly but then she was flying and she got hit by lightning and then she became thunderbird yeah who knows and i just find it so interesting to think about you know yeah. More. Yeah. I wish we could learn more, but besides all that, we then find out that uh, Phobia, we, we've had this little Phobia investigation, and Phobia was drawn by Adrian. And Which is so, so sad. So technically, we could blame Adrian for a certain someone's death. And it's yeah. also his, like, technical thing involved because he, like, indirectly caused all three books to happen. I know. Because, like, yeah. We, we, yeah, we could blame Adrian for Nova's family dying. Yeah. Which, woof, that's got to be a rocky start to a relationship. Like, okay. I like to imagine that, because we never really see the aftermath, like, we see the epilogue, we never really see what happens between that, I like to imagine that Nova and Adrian had to have a really long 
discussion and had to have a period apart because I don't think you can get past that trauma just instantly with love. Yeah, literally. And I feel like they need to have, I think they needed to have some time separate from each other because once you put the dots together that like, uh, Georgia was supposed to be protecting Nova's family and Adrian was the reason that Georgia died, which also is trauma on himself. Nova realizing Adrian is the reason her parents didn't have someone to protect them. It's really like, it's hard to get past that kind of trauma. And they do, of course, but I don't think it was so instantaneous. I feel like they needed to have some time apart. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, and- it's going to be a real toxic relationship. Yeah. And plus- the epilogue was, I feel like it was a couple years after everything. No, I think I it was, I think it was one year after, I feel like. Because I think I it was the, the the newest year since, I think it was one year after everything. Because um, I'm pretty sure that's what they were saying about the whole trial one year. Yeah, yeah, because uh, the, the narrator of the uh, epilogue, which I'm not going to say yet, was saying about Winston's... Uh, uh, statue that which is ironic that they were honoring him because he tried to attack the same parade one year ago <laughs> right that's right so yeah. within that one year I feel like there needed to be some time apart between Nova and Adrian mm-hmm. otherwise I was also focused on the wrong or like concerned about the wrong like I Remember when I met Marissa Meyer in person during that Zoom call? And mm-hmm. I was like, so where is Nova living, like, after that? I know, because, like, I mean, Mayor's Mansion has a lot of rooms, but... Yeah. Or she could be living at Renegade's HQ, where she doesn't need a place to live, honestly. Yeah, she's been living in a subway her whole life. She's good, but... Okay. But, back to the book, because we gotta get plot... Um, because I don't want to reveal stuff too early, because, like, these are some big reveals. Um, right, we right. then, we then find out Narcissa knows about Phobia, because he has, she has the comics, but then she also finds out about the Sentinel, but, like, Nova, the way she treated Narcissa in that moment was so mean. Like, unnecessarily rude. Like, Narcissa, I don't, I don't care right now. I have something more important to be doing. I know. Yeah. And, like, Narcissa was trying to be, like, I thought they were, like, becoming friends, you know? And, like, she was going to tell her about the Sentinel. And, of course, we couldn't have that reveal right now. But, I mean, it would have been... She was just so, like, unnecessarily mean. Yeah. And then we go over to Adrian and him and Max playing with Turbo. Turbo, unfortunately, passes away, which breaks my heart. But what I think is really interesting is Turbo, this entire series, has kind of been a little bit, like a symbol for Nova because the very first book when it's drawn um Ruby and Oscar had suggested that Nova change her name to Velociraptor because she's small but mighty and then he draws Turbo little Velociraptor because of that and I think it's interesting that he dies at this moment right before the big battle scene because it's almost like this is the death of the Nova we new yeah oh that's a good connection because like after this is like the game changing point like we like even the arrest it was still like the nova like she was still that insomnia but this is the official end of insomnia you make that yeah. a post. i'll post it that is good <laughs> love that okay 
But so then, um, Max, he's still not convinced that it's Nightmare isn't Nova. And I like to talk about Ace Anarchy's powers with, uh, Max, because, again, Max feels so much guilt that it's really sad that he is comparing himself to Ace Anarchy, which, honestly, if I was in Max's position, I would feel too. I would feel that same way. Yeah. And again, that self-loathing that he feels, it's really, and I like the way Adrian puts it, like, your choices are what make you who you are, and you are not going to be making those same choices, so you know that you can never be like him. And I really, I really like the way that's put, because Mm -hmm. none of us- comes great responsibility. I'm going to cry. Don't bring up that quote right now. (laughs) But- Unnecessary. Unnecessarily rude right now. I get time out now. You get time out right now. But um with that, it's like bring up the classic debate of nature versus nurture. Do we are we a certain way from birth or do our does our environment change who we are? And I've always been one to believe that our choices and our experiences are make us who we are. And I think that's really well described here because yes you are born with certain like wirings in your brain certain ways to react to things which is why you never really know because if you think it's nurture and the environment around you how do you know that it's not in your nature to react a certain way to certain things certain experiences and so you can never know the difference and so i find that a very interesting debate but that's not really what i'm bringing up right now i'm just bringing up that your choices affect the way people see you more so than anything else like no matter what you look like, no matter what, I don't know, no matter what you wear, no matter how you dress, like, Alora and I are both in high school right now, and so that seems to be, like, a very big theme, like, what you wear matters, what, like, your grades are, like, who you hang out with, what, what, how much makeup you're wearing, and none of that really matters, because what really affects how people see you is the way you treat other people, and the choices you make. Those are the two things that people will most remember and realize about you. And I think Marissa Meyer gets that across in a way that's not like, most messages like that are so in your face. Like, oh my gosh, friendship is magic and we're amazing. Like those team rom-com movies, whatever. But the way it's gotten across in in where it's focused on this kid and his fear of becoming a villain in this like magical world where powers exist and she's able to get that same message across where you can still relate to it even though it has nothing to do with you it's masterful writing no there is so much going on there's so many plots there's so many themes like undertones there's so much that she tackles and even just like one book that it's insane like oh it's yeah, masterful. And that's why I can reread this book so many different times because I just, I find new things every single time because she puts so much into these books and I, that's why I love her books. And again, like yeah. with Gilded, I was, I read the book once and I was able to have like six pages of research on German <laughs> mythology and creatures. And with yeah. Winter, when I was okay. with Prince Kai Fanpod, I was able to find like, for two chapters, I was able to find so many brand new details of research and symbolism and so it's just like she puts so much in these books and I really appreciate her and I love her books and again if I ever meet her I would just die on the spot because she's like my hero 
definitely. Mm-hmm. And so, Please don't die on the spot. <laughs> I won't. We need your research and we need your jokes. Oh my gosh. Alexic yeah. is not gone that easily. <laughs> and so back to the book, though. We finally get to the Agent N reveal. And we see Winston Pratt. And oh my god. His story is so depressing. And... I really, really love it. Not the story itself, but the way it's not used as a way to, like, excuse his actions. He acknowledges, like, what I did to those children is unforgivable. I never hurt someone the way I was hurt, but I still made them feel powerless like I did. And I can no amount of sorry can ever fix that. But I do know that I can no longer be doing that to I will no longer be making people feel powerless and I'm trying my best every single day to be better and I feel like that I feel like more so than his sad backstory that way of looking at things is what really redeemed him because any amount no amount of sad backstory will ever make someone redeemed unless they acknowledge that they were wrong and they are trying to be better because There's, in my opinion, I've talked about this a few times, there is a big difference between understanding and excusing. You can understand why someone did what they did and still not let that excuse their horrible actions. And a lot of times in books especially, that is a very blurred line. Like, for example, what I fear is with the Akotar series in Tamlin, his whole... um, if he's to get a redemption arc, which I feel like sometimes people think it's going to happen, like with him helping in the last uh, Aka War book with that last big plot thing and people right. like Pharaoh being like, I forgive you and I want you to be happy. I feel like people are going to be using that to excuse his earlier actions because he's better at the end, but that's different. Same way right. with Winston, you use his previous action to understand why he did it, but he doesn't excuse it. It's not like, I only did this because of this. It's, here's why I am the way I am, and it doesn't excuse it. It's still wrong. I'm sorry. And no, that yeah. is how you properly it's redeem a character. An explanation on this, I, that's Mm-hmm. Instantly one of my favorite characters in that moment. And that's what people, like, today need to do. Because I know so many people who are like, I'm sorry, but I did this because of this and it's not my fault. But it's still, like, that's not an apology. It was still your decisions. It was still the actions that you decided Mm -hmm. to do. And you can't, um, I think I'm going to say something borderline controversial here. Yeah. But you can't use your trauma as a way to excuse how you treat other people. 100%. Because, yeah. 100% agree. Because I feel like, unfortunately, these days, most people have some level of trauma. And some people have more than Mm -hmm. others. And that's a whole other discussion. But the way people react to trauma is very different. And that is not an excuse to mistreat others. Because if that was, then there would be so many people mistreating others. 
Like, yeah, okay, no, it's... that's something that even Accorda Silver Flame, since like we brought up Agatar, like that book, like seriously tackles that like more on the nose. Exactly. I, I love books that deal with that because I love the way that Winston handled it. And he's like, there's, he talks about it like he's trying to do better and he's like going to make an effort. And that's exactly just, like, all the difference. And that's what makes the difference. The active acknowledgement that you did something wrong and the acknowledgement that it, you can't say sorry enough to make it better. What you can do is try every day to become a better person. And yeah. honestly, you never really see that. And a lot of times it's what makes forgiving and forgetting really difficult because most people will never acknowledge that they are wrong and will never acknowledge the fact that they hurt you. And so seeing an apology like this is what is really inspiring and is a really great way to redeem a character. Yeah, it's also just a really good, like, example of how you should handle those situations and, like, Mm -hmm. like handle like coming to terms with like the bad side of you Mm -hmm. and how to deal with that and improve like oh there's so much there I love it I know and I love how later he says that I don't think I was ever meant to be a villain yes oh Oh, I'm gonna cry Uh, me too okay before we get to that though we then have to talk about the bees oh no Did anyone else have a mini panic attack when they realized that Adrian was stung and completely forgot about the whole, like, immunity tattoo? Yes! Because I did. I was like, when Fiona Lindala got stung, and then everyone else got stung, and Adrian realized he got stung, and then Fiona realizes that she can't, like, talk to her falcon anymore... Yeah. And then I was like, no, Adrian, frick, no. And then 10 seconds later, he was like, oh, yeah, immunity tattoo. Whoops. And I was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) whoops. You're like sobbing. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. And then, um, but then, but then, Ruby. No, Ruby. I cried. I cried so much. They did not. I cried so much. Oh, shit. That was worse. So mean. And then, like... <laughs> it really I, actually, it's like, what the brothers... I know! Do. The fact that it was her brothers that she cared about, like, my brothers are gonna be so disappointed. Oh. Tears. So selfless. That's why I love Ruby. And then, yes. we go back over to Nova's perspective, and... I'm about to start crying right now. I'm talking about this because um, we see her trying to get the helmet to Ace on the the stage. And we hear Winston yell, Nova, look out. And it's Frost Bitch. I'm calling her Frost Bitch. I'm sorry for my profanity. Throwing her freaking ice spear. Which, one, is an overdramatic way to execute someone and just like really but then also once again she misses nova and hits the most precious cinnamon roll character in the vicinity how did she even become a renegade she has no aim okay 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 
If I had a nickel for every time Janissa Clark tried stabbing Nightmare and missed and hit the most precious character, I have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's strange that it happened twice. But how? And then she's like, you're so lucky I don't have time for this right now, and then just knocks her out. You know, how do you mess up that bad? Like, come on. And then, okay, when Winston... Winston... Oh, I we were buddies, weren't we? Mm. Oh my god, I'm literally tearing up. Stop. Okay, and then like, oh my god, and then he's like, I don't think I was meant to be a villain, and I don't think you were either. Oh my like, god. Like, oh, we all know that Winston would a hundred percent be behind Nova's plan to go like somewhere else and go like create their own <laughs> civilization. Yes. Same page. Hundred percent. And then okay. We then after Winston unfortunately passes on, we get to an even worse moment. Which honestly, I'm just saying, I was reading the book and it was late at night and I stopped the book right here because I was like, I don't need to cry right now. And so then <laughs> yeah. I was um I was I went on with my day, and I would forgotten what part of the book I was at, and I was like, oh, um, I'm driving for a little while right now. I need to listen to something, because for any of y'all who don't know, I have, like, an immense fear of silence. Real strange, I know. So I always need to be listening to something, whether it's music or audiobooks or talking to someone. I don't know. Whatever. So I put on the audiobook while I'm driving in the car, and then I realize, oh, no. Oh, no, oh, no, I stopped at the wrong point, but I can't take my eyes off the road and turn the book off now. And then um, we get to the backpack where Nova had Ace's helmet, and it's empty. And Magpie has the helmet, and she throws it to Calum. And he catches, and he has the most badass moment in the entire series, which is he stops the entire battle by himself. Right? Right. Freaking amazing. God. But, but then, I'm sorry. I'm not okay right now. <laughs> one cannot be odd who has no soul, just as one cannot be brave who has no fear. <gasps> no. <laughs> I'm literally crying right now. No, say. <laughs> I. I cry every single time I read this part because he didn't deserve to die. And then, like, I've thought because, like, phobia feeds off people's most evil fears. What if Caleb's biggest fear was to die because then he couldn't see the wonders of the world and help others learn how beautiful oh. the world is? And he won't get to see if someone plants a tree and see it grow for other people. I it's freaking noon right now and I'm just ugly crying by myself in a room. He didn't deserve to die and Marissa Meyer, you are evil. I adore you, but this was evil. She knew what she was doing. I know. And so then Nova spends like 15 minutes like giving him like CPR and like trying to resurrect him and it's not working. And then like we see Magpie crying in a little ball like it was her fault and she felt so guilty. I'm like, oh my god, even Magpie. Uh, 
I can't deal with this right now. That was literally the saddest moment in Supernova, I think. Oh, no, 100%. And then, okay, after this, we go to Adrian, and all hell's breaking loose. Ace Anarchy has his helmet back, and he's fighting Captain Chromium. Dread Warden, though, gets stung by so many of Honey's wasps that he's no longer the Dread Warden. Like, he's completely visible. Oh, also, by the way, Blacklight died. Side note. Yeah, yeah. Forgot to mention okay. that. And then... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he wasn't my... I, he was my least favorite council member, just saying. Okay, but so then, big climactic moment. Uh, he's helping Simon, and he's like... Simon's like, I'm sorry to say this, but I don't think that clunky armor is gonna do you any good against... Ace Anarchy, and then Adrian's like, "Yeah, pops, I know." Oh, he said the thing, and then he's like, "What did you call me?" And he reveals that he's the Sentinel, and then Nova sees it, and then like all this shit is going down, and then like Ace Anarchy tries to kill him, but Nova stops him, and they all escape, and then, whew, there was a lot that went down there, and we, oh my gosh, yeah. This is going to be a long episode because we're already like two hours into this call. <laughs> and so we still got a little bit to go. So basically, after I, let's I summarize. Basically, after this, um, there's only two council members that still have their gifts. Everyone else is either dead or neutralized. And then uh, they're all like, we got the we got to go under the tunnels to go sneak into the uh, the church because that's where ace anarchy is again and then nova gives a huge speech about how they should all to to the uh the villains about how they should all leave and then go start their own and lead by example because we don't have to kill people right now and she thought that ace anarchy was still all about like oh we should defend prodigies and no he's about revenge now and this is not great and then i love also how narcissa was like hesitant to leave nova alone with ace anarchy because I'm just like, go Narcissa. What a queen. Yeah. yeah. But then, like, everything starts going wrong. Um, Adrian gets there and immediately gets captured because they use Nova as some sort of, like, almost like bait. And then he's just like, Nova, I'm going to go save her. And, like, he's, like, seeing red, like, anger. And then, like, Dana's like, think about this. It's obviously a trap. And then, like, he gets trapped immediately and... Dana gets neutralized. Oscar's beaten with his own cane, which is depressing. And then, um, finally, Nova reveals, everyone has a nightmare, maybe I'm yours, which is gonna come back. Because, obviously. And then, Honey starts torturing freaking Adrian by cutting out his tattoos, and Nova just sit and watch, which is dark. I was like, girl, do something, that's your man. Also, side note, the number of times Honey has betrayed Nova is already at, like, three. Because, like, yeah. the whole switching out, they were supposed to use a paralyzing agent instead of Agent N, which, again, made their jobs so much more difficult. Just saying. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they're bringing Adrian to uh, be used as bait against Captain Chromium. After it's revealed to Adrian that his mom is killed by Phobia, who he created, which he doesn't believe. He's in denial. He's swimming in the longest river in the world. Because he's in denial. 
I'm so funny. Oh, well, well, that I'm funny. so hilarious. <laughs> Almost as funny as Nova Artino. <laughs> We're right there. We're right there. Uh-huh. And then uh, Captain Chromium's there. They test the age-old question. Will Captain Chromium be invincible to the agent and drink? And he is. Right. Which I think is stupid, honestly. Like, honestly, I think that's stupid. Yeah. I wish he I... was vulnerable. Because how do they kill him then? Like, do they just, like, chain... Like, if they chained him to a... Like, a, a said, chain him to a tank and throw him into the ocean, would he drown? Does he need to breathe? Yeah, I'm like... I don't know. Why does he die? Exactly. So, like, because this is making it seem like instead of he's invincible he's invulnerable which are two very different things yeah invincible is when nothing can like outwardly harm you but you can still die invulnerable is where like nothing can hurt you at all and you can't die which makes you immortal yeah that's the one thing like that takes away your power so and so it it would he would be invincible if he couldn't be shot with any of the darts and he couldn't x y or z but if he can drink it and still be fine i feel like that's i don't like that i think he should have lost his powers at that moment and that would be even more like impactful when he was still fighting even without powers to save like his son and like i feel like that would have made it really much more impactful yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And then Nova can't kill Adrian, even though she's supposed to. And then Honey has a big 180 and is like, you know what, Nova? Screw <laughs> you. Which just felt like such a 180 for Honey. Yeah. Because, like, Honey seems such like a motherly figure, and then she's like, Una reverse card, nope. No, it's I like what happens with Leroy though because Leroy is very much the opposite he genuinely cares for Nova and like he thought like he he came in there like chemicals a throw-in but that's different because he was genuinely trying to protect Nova because he saw this dead body of Honey who was like a mother to her he didn't realize that Honey tried to torture her to death right and then I love how Adrian like immediately forgives her and is like helping her and maybe i want you to be mine which and then i love how she's like how long have you been sitting on that he's like a few hours <laughs> that just made me so smile <laughs> and then they go to save dana and oscar and i love 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 dana and Arcissa together i ship them ship it so hard because like it's the perfect thing like dana being lawful good to the extent where it's annoying and Narcissa being like chaotic good because she's like an anarchist yeah and they balance each other out so well i just i ship it so much and then defend defending her dana defending her romance novels love it and then i love oscar being like are we seriously doing this again (laughs) trusting her which i think is hilarious and then i will say this is one thing i really didn't like about the audiobooks which was the way Dan Bittner narrated Phobia's voice after he got, like, the whole big, like... You know how Phobia started, like, doing, like, the choo and the darkness everywhere and, like, whatever. Dan Bittner narrated it like, I am Phobia, you think you can defeat me? <laughs> I was like, I want to laugh right now because he sounds so ridiculous. 
<laughs> but I also I love 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 loved how when the guy like when Nova's fear is the one that's being attacked and like the bang bang with the uh oh, the big yeah. uh murderer Adrian just sees red and goes attacking. I'm like, thank you, Adrian. <gasps> thank you, Nova. Thank you, Adrian. And then like. Yeah. I love how Adrian neutralizes himself. That was a really good way to deal with that. Uh-huh. But it also, like, it brought up some really big questions. Like, what would have happened if, like, you know, to Renegade's HQ, where he, like, literally drew a lot of the building materials, or at least it seemed like it, and their house? Right. That's all gone now. And we never really got to see, like, the aftermath. how that affected anything. But then they go, they help find the pike for uh, Captain Chromium. Narcissa Leroy, and Leroy help all the other villains escape that didn't want to be part of this big evil plan, which I really liked. And I liked how mm-hmm. Adrian had that little, like, classic dad moment with, you hurt her, I kill you. With cyanide, mm. which brings up another good question: When Nova and Adrian get married, who is walking her down the aisle? Leroy, Hugh Everhart, or Simon Westwood? Oh, I want to say Leroy. Like, it, yeah, I, no, because if you think I, about it, Leroy would be a great option. But then Hugh Everhart, after the whole reveal of like what happened with her parents. Right. That would be a huge, like, fatherly thing that he would, like, be like, I know your dad can't be here for this moment because of me, and I'm so sorry. So I'm right now trying to make up for this with, I, if you would let me, I would walk you down the aisle. Oh my god. Because you're already family in my eyes. And then Simon, also that same sort of sentiment, but also Simon and Nova have been much closer this book series because, like, even from the first book, when he was talking with her and he was more understanding to her. Right. So I could see any of those three being a great father figure to walk down the aisle. Right. It's just like Mama Mia, just three guys walking down the aisle. So, before we can get the chance for Noah to be walked down the aisle by anyone, she has to go help Adrian neutralize Ace. And so they find, as we said, they found the pike for Captain Chromium, and they're going to go uh, give Captain Chromium his pike or whatever, and the villains escape. And so Nova goes up to talk to Ace Anarchy, and she's like, oh, I killed him, I'm sorry for hesitating. And Captain Chromium is like going ballistic which rightfully so i wish you could have seen his perspective in that moment because like mm-hmm. oh boy and then she uh ace anarchy reveals that he is her uncle and then captain Chrome is like wait that means that you're nova artino and then the big reveal happens, which we alluded to, we talked about multiple times, that Ace Anarchy was right. the one who had them murdered, which, again, I feel like the way this was narrated was kind of over the top, which was Rebecca Solaire, she's the queen, I love her, same thing with Dan Bittner, love him too, but it was like, you had them murdered, which was a little bit over the top, I feel like, but again, I still adore it, whatever, 
me being nitpicky. And then she, Ace Anarchy, like, attacks her. And then she neutralizes him. After he tries to pull an Ultron lifting the whole city. Because Max gets there and he's fighting against Max and, which is a dangerous thing for Max, once again. And I like how Adrian helps Max out. And then she neutralizes Ace Anarchy and tosses Max the star, which also, side note, because of the star, uh, Ace Anarchy was able to manipulate living things. And then, uh, because he's neutralized, he tries to freaking murder Nova. Yeah. He tries to throw her off the freaking cathedral, and I'm like, jeez. Lost my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, he's killed by Captain Chromium. Pike through the center. And then... Max has to save the city, which he does. But because he has both the star and the helmet, his power is amplified and he's stealing powers from everyone. He's stealing all the powers ever. Which is a whole big thing. And then, like, supernova thing happens and, um... Everyone gets powers. But here's the thing. Super, super, super unpopular opinion. And y'all are probably gonna murder me for this. But I feel like story-wise, Max should have died. I was thinking the exact same. Thank God. Thank God. I love Max to death. I adore him. I was so I was so ready for him to die because I was like, of course they're gonna kill off Max because how else would like the whole story come full circle and be this whole like big thing? But when he didn't die, I was like, okay, one, thank God because yeah. our characters do not need any more trauma. But then I was also like, oh, missed opportunity to make a like really like I don't know because I feel like ending. it was necessary. Like, the was still very impactful. In my it was. Opinion. It was just missing something. I feel like it was necessary to have some sort of permanent consequence because everyone got their powers back. Everyone, and yes, like Blacklight and Caleb were per- and Winston were permanent consequences, but you could argue that none of the main characters had any permanent consequences. And right. so I feel like Max's death, especially because it's a supernova, which is the dis- the death of a star. And yes, like the 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 star was the bracelet, but I feel like Max needed to die storytelling wise. It would have broken. Yeah. yeah. It would have broken my heart, believe me, but I feel like it was something necessary. Mm-hmm. And then we have our epilogue, which I am ashamed to admit, it took me until we got to the float and she saw Nova to realize that it wasn't Nova narrating. No, when I said that jerk. Yeah. Oh, I thought someone was talking. Oh, no. No, no, no. Okay. Go. I was just going to say, whenever they said, um, whenever um, Maggie, Magpie, whatever, said that jerk Winston Pratt, I was like, I don't think Nova would have said something like that. So I was like, it has to be some side character. But it took me a while to figure out who exactly it was Mm -hmm. until it was like talking about like going and stealing and like the bracelets and everything. I was like, oh. I don't know. I thought it was like. The puppet, like, maybe Nova was, like, I felt like, what the hell happened after the supernova? Because she's so, like, she was bitter, maybe, at the puppeteer for dying, and, like, I don't know. I was so confused. And then, finally, she sees the star with Dana and Narcissa together, and then, (laughs) uh, 
Oscar and Ruby, and then Nova and Adrian. Super cute. And here we go, lesbian. And then we see... <laughs> sorry, yes, hashtag love that. Because we know that Dan and Narcissa definitely love each other. We love it. We know that Nova's 100% bi. 100%. We know Honey Harper was a lesbian, definitely. Get out then. And then, uh, but then we see Leroy, and he recognizes Magpie, I feel like. Yeah. Because he gave her a look, and I like, that That has to be some sort of recognition. Do you, okay, here's a big question. Do you think the anarchists knew about Ace's betrayal? Yes. I feel like, I feel like Honey and Phobia yeah. knew. I don't think Leroy or Winston did. I feel like if they knew they wouldn't have stood for it. Yeah. And then, uh, finally, we get revealed that Magpie was Evie the whole time. Yes! Oh my gosh, that, I was like, what the actual fuck? Excuse my language. Pardon my French, <laughs> but I agree. And then, no, okay. Me too. It closes it off so perfectly. that, <laughs> I feel like we have to have another book in this trilogy. I feel like this needs to be expanded because I feel like, one, we need to have a Nova realizing this whole thing. Two, yes. we need to have, like, I feel like Magpie was set up to be a villain. I think oh, she's yeah. going to be a villain, and then the whole Sketches team has to go fight against her, and then they realize, Nova realizes that she's Evie and her sister, and so it causes a whole big drama. And, like, I feel like that could be a whole other trilogy. And I know Marissa Meyer said that she's potentially returning, but she's not certain she will. I just, I need another book in the series. But so, yeah. that's how it closes off. And that was a long episode. I'm sorry that it was so long, guys. But y'all want to get to our favorite and least favorite parts? Yes. Okay. Do you want me to start or do y'all want to start? <laughs> Okay, well, um, okay, so my favorite part was probably anything with Caleb in it, uh-huh. or everyone has a nightmare, maybe I want you to be mine. My least favorite part was Caleb's death and or Winston's death, because that was unnecessary and mean. Yep. What about you? Alora? Um... My favorite part, because I am such a sick, like, a sucker for romance, it has to be whenever um, Nova and Adrian, like, finally make up mm-hmm. um, at the very end when they're in, like, the tower and they, I think they just killed Honey Harper yeah, and then they, like, start making out. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we have to go save the world. That's the everyone has and, a nightmare moment. Yes, it was, I loved it. And my least favorite part was... um Probably either um, whenever we found out that they were going to execute Nova and them, just because I I had a lot of like opinions because it like I feel like it also addresses a lot of thing, very big political things that are like happening in our world mm-hmm. and everything like that. And then also Caleb's death or Winston's death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Taylor, what about you? Sentinels. She almost killed him, but she can't. 
like after everything he's just taking care of her and she's like almost dying but they oh they still love each other I love that part um, it's so good it is it's so good no and then my least favorite part is but probably the part where she finds out like she was right when she was like six years old that you know powers come from the stars I feel like I wanted so much more with that yeah okay well also final thing that we do for final episodes of series how would you rank these books hmm I don't know. I'll start. They're I go so Supernova, oh Arch Enemies, and then uh, Renegades. But Supernova and Arch Enemies both switch, depending on how I'm feeling. Because Supernova is what I want to read and I want to be depressed. Which, uh, if you're a book reader, then you know what it means. Because otherwise it sounds weird. You want to read something to make you depressed? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> but if I do. want something to make me go, oh, I'll read Arch Enemies. <laughs> And then I'm going to also go into my star rating for this point as well, which I give five stars. Mm-hmm. So, Alora, do you want to go next? Um, My ranking definitely has to be uh, Supernova, Arch Enemies, and Renegades. Um, and I would rate um, Supernova also five stars. Mm-hmm. And then Taylor? All right. I think Arch Enemies... Ah! Okay, me goodness i think supernova and then renegade but it's a close second and then supernova mm-hmm. gets five stars five yes. dead turbos out of five. Oh, five stabbings <laughs> and egg beaters out of five yeah okay well thank you guys so much for listening and a huge thank you to our special guests taylor and alora i'm so glad to have you guys back um, you can find Taylor and their wonderful bookish posts at renegade underscore anarchist, and I might link a few of them in our episode post for today. And then you can find their incredible bookish merchandise, which you saw some of last time, at angel.daneshop, which I have so much of, so I'm going to be posting some of that as well. And Alora, thank you again so much for being here as well. Um, you can find us at our email, momdaughterbooktalk at gmail.com. On Instagram, at motherdaughterbooktalk, we can leave suggestions for future episodes. And you can listen to us wherever you find your podcasts. If you want to support this podcast and our future episodes, you can become a supporter through the link in our Instagram bio. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks again to our guests for joining us. And we hope you guys join us next time. Bye!